This is Yawa Radio. One welcome to the Yawa Radio podcast. The Yawa Radio podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. So well, welcome to this uh, episode of uh, Glass Half Full right here on uh, on Yawa Radio and other channels as well. And it's always a pleasure to be joined by, well, inspirational people from around the world. And um, I'm in the UK today uh, and I'm going down, I believe I'm going down to somewhere near Bristol. Is that right, Andrew? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> it is. And, and I'm joined by Andrew Porteous. Andrew, how are you? Because we're going to share some really inspirational stuff today. I'm all right. Yes, I'm I'm good. It's all all happening. <laughs> It's all happening. Well, let's let's paint a picture for the listener then about what all that happening means. And and let be, but before we talk about just what you're up to now, what's your story, Andrew? Because it's it's really inspirational, linked to what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, I, as many people do, went to school. You kind of have to do that in the UK. <laughs> um, and throughout school, I was bullied for different things, and that led into quite a lot of anxiety and depression. And then while I was at university, I went through a bit of a dark patch, like darker than I thought I could get. Um, And I've spoken about it in other places that there were three occasions where I almost decided to take my life. Um, And then when I was 22, after the three occasions and when I was on medication and seeing someone and all of that, um, I got diagnosed with ADHD, um, which being diagnosed at 22 was not a shock because I was the one that asked them to like investigate it. Mm -hmm. Um, but going back to teachers and them saying, Oh no, that makes sense. And having, having gone to uni to qualify as a teacher and know that when you spot traits of additional needs and stuff like that. You're meant to say something. Um, it, it didn't sit well. Um, <laughs> but then I, when I was finishing uni, I sat on the board at my university for mental health advisory um, because I built up a good working relationship with the vice chancellor. Um, and she, I weirdly, I was the only student on the panel. Um, and I was sat around a table with people from charities and GPs and authors. And I was sat there like, why am I here? Um, Because I was just going to be a teacher. And then lockdown happened and I was applying for teaching jobs and there was 
70 applicants for one position. Mm -hmm. And obviously any job application that doesn't turn out successful is disheartening. Um, didn't help with lockdown because obviously there was nothing else I could really do. Um, so I looked at some courses online and trained as a coach and an NLP practitioner um, and kind of thought I, I could do this. Originally I thought, oh, it's going to help me in my teaching. That was the main like crux of it. Uh, and then I went to a personal development event online and they would, I asked, I asked a question. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, I want to say it's something to do with my age because there's not many people that I see in the space that at the time I was 22 okay. being a life coach. It's not really something I see. I've seen like children being coaches to like other children because some parents like allow that to happen. Wherever you stand on that is everyone's personal opinion. Um, so I kind of decided, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to offer myself as a coach. And I did some courses in marketing as well to try and figure out how to market myself because again whenever i used to speak to people in networking it was oh but you're only young i was going and to say that did you get that did you get that well like well you're only 22 like what life experience have you got was that type yeah of thing? yeah and my um the pitch i use when i go to networking events now is um what you see isn't always what you get mm -hmm. because you see me as a 22 well i'm 25 now shows you how long I've been planning this um <laughs> but like you see someone that's 25 or younger and they're saying they're a life coach and you're like hm, that's a load of rubbish yeah um but when I go into the fact that I've got past three suicide attempts I've been diagnosed with anxiety and depression I've got ADHD I've got chronic pain sciatica I take 18 to 25 tablets a day um I'm trained to be a teacher. I've worked with children with special needs. I've been on an advisory board for mental health. I've been an equality representative at a university for mental health. Like the things I've done mm -hmm. and the things, and I'm not saying this from my perspective because imposter syndrome is real and I don't see myself in that way. Um, but other people have turned around to me and was like, you've lived a life that many people would take them decades to live mm, yeah because you see people like i know someone that's currently i think he's 48 and he's never thought about suicide where like i did that when i was 19 to 21 so because i've gone through things i can talk about things in a different way <laughs> the other benefit is i'm used to the new way of the world, if you want to call it that, that if someone's so used to an older way of the world, I can actually help them to see a different aspect. Because a lot of people of an older age, they'll tend to say, well, why do I need your help? You don't know anything. But the fact is, I know what it's like to be my age right now. Yeah, yeah. And I know what it's like to be in the current society with technology and expectations and all of that like loads of people are so scared of showing themselves on social media 
because they know it's just for young people or it's you can't share your personal side because it's meant to look really good and it's meant to make people happy well i buck that curve anyway by posting whatever i want anywhere i want within reason obviously i don't mm. like to be <laughs> indecent but <laughs> there's there's a lot that i will post and i'll say if i'm having a bad day i'll say about my mental health and a lot of people resonate with that. Some people do turn around and like, why would you do that? You're not going to get any jobs. Then I break it to them that I'm actually wanting to start a business so I don't need someone to employ me. Yes. Yeah. And then they, they're quiet quite quickly after that. Um, but, but Andrew, sharing, sharing that vulnerability, you know, I, I would think, you know, that, that's a massive bonus for when you're wanting to work with some people because they, you know, they can see your, your life experience, your vulnerability. As, as opposed to what I always call this, uh, I mean, you touched on it there, the, the happiness, everything in the garden is rosy, all the rah, rah, rah stuff. Come and work with me. I'll change your life in seven days and all that kind of stuff. That's not the real world. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's loads of people out there giving it all that razzmatazz, you know, and, and there's, as you were talking there, so there's a, a, a thing that came to me there from uh, Dr. Russ Harris, who talks about, um, happiness and how people confuse happiness and pleasure um and he, and he defined he says if you to live um happiness is about living a rich and meaningful life okay and by living in a rich and meaningful life you will experience every emotion you will experience highs you'll experience flows sadness happiness that's what life's all about and there's so many just picking up on what you said there's so many people posting things day after day but everything in the garden is absolutely stonkingly rosy. Yeah. And it, I think because of my like education background, I always bring up like little anecdotal things. There's the whole story of the three Billy Goats gruff wanting to cross that bridge because the grass is greener. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what social media does. It makes you think the grass is greener and it's really not. And you get coaches as well, and I've seen it a lot, and I try not to be like them, that say, do this like seven day course and you'll succeed in this. But when you're doing it as a blueprint of your life, so like my program and what I offer tends to be about what I've been through and what I've experienced, because then people will challenge me and I'll grow and they'll grow from that challenge. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of coaches like selling this blueprint, but that's not going to apply to everyone, but they're still happy to take the money. Yeah. I, with you, to totally, totally understand that. Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, it's like within the blueprint model, you know, as a coach, for me, you are, you, you work with what comes up in the conversation, not with here's the blueprint is this next seven days. I want you to do this and this. Well, I'm working with you, Andrew, and I'm saying to you, Andrew, well, I feel absolutely at the lowest, lowest, lowest I've ever felt, Andrew. No, well, don't worry about that, because if you follow this blueprint for the next seven days, you'll feel terrific on Monday. You know, it's... whereas it should be what you would do. And it's, well, let's explore that. Let's what's all this about? Yeah. You talk about things that come up in their thought process, what they're thinking about. You reflect it back to them because mm -hmm. half the time they're saying things without fully comprehending what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So when you reflect it back exactly how they've told you, they put that, they pull me up and they're like, "That's not what I said." And I was like, "It's exactly what you said." Yes, 
like yeah. word for word that is exactly what, and they're like oh i didn't mean that yes so it's yeah. more of a i'm not telling you what to do i'm helping you get the most out of what you want and what you already say or do because it's not i'm not going to change your life from a conversation you never know like big things tend to happen with a small conversation mm. but i can't stand up and say i'm going to change your life in one conversation because you can't predict something like that hmm. no and it'd be silly for me to try and take someone's money with that guarantee when i can't guarantee it yeah no i get that so how is how have things developed then how have things because it sounds an exciting time this three years that you've had so talk me through that briefly or whatever <laughs> yeah so it started that i was like oh right i'll go into coaching i'll work one-to-one -one. and then i think my teacher brain kicked in i was like i'm not going to be able to help as many people if it's one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. and i'm very much like if i can help a group of people i will choose that over helping one and I know it's very rewarding either way because I've worked one-to-one -one with children. I've worked one-to-one -one with adults. Like I've done that dynamic, but for me being able to help as many people as I can on like a volume makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked into doing like group coaching or group kind of setups. And again, it kind of didn't sit right with me to charge a certain amount for say 20 people or five people or however many people I could fit in. It didn't fit right because I think my, my head was still in the, I went through loads of horrid times at uni. I want to change that for others. So mm -hmm. that kind of popped in and got very, very comfortable in my thought processes. Um, so I started looking into what I could do to help universities across the country, because if I've been through what I went through at university, there's nothing to say, obviously no one's going to be going through the exact same thing, but there could be similarities or resonance or like little things that my experiences can help with, because if I can stop someone going through what I went through by sharing what I went through, and helping them discern what they need to do, then I'll do that. So I started planning this and I originally it didn't have a name. It was kind of like, so my business is called the Hyperlights community. Um, so I thought, oh, it's just the community mm -hmm. okay. because it gave meaning to the name of the business because it, I was going to create a community. And then I went on a, like a business development slash awards program last, was it last year? Yeah, it was about last year, I think. Um, and I went into it not really knowing because I had approached my university and was like, what do you think of this? And they said, why don't you go on this program and explore it? So I explored it for, I think it was a six month program. And I didn't really, when I went into it, I didn't think about it much. I was just like, oh, it's going to help me grow and understand my business and what I can do. Um, I didn't look into it and didn't know there was grant money and awards. And I just thought, oh, I'll, I'll learn as I go. Um, then I got to the regional finals and it was kind of like a jaw drop moment. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon? Yes. Um, so I did all the like necessary things for the regional finals. And then about a month or so after that, I get a notification saying you've got through to the national finals. 
Wow. And, and I was like, okay, I pro like, I think between the regionals and the nationals, I kind of sat down and was like, yeah, I need to look into this a bit more, like <laughs> find out what it's about. I better take this a little bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, so I obviously found out about the grants and the support and all the stuff that they put on. And so I took it more seriously. And then they didn't announce who won the regionals until they announced all of the awards at the end of the program. So I was sat there on a Zoom with 20 other people. Um, my parents were watching it downstairs on the TV. And basically we were on the Zoom so they could chuck our faces up yeah. as they announced who won and all that. So it was the finalists that were there. And they did the support packages and like non-financial packages first. And I got given a legal support package, which was like 2000 pounds worth of legal support. So I was like, cool, that's fine. I've, I've got something. I'm happy. Don't, I don't mind what else happens. Um, and then they got onto the regional and I came second in the West of England. Wonderful. So I was like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. I came second. I cannot fathom whether like I won't get to nationals because I only came second. Um, and it's good to mention now that they're on the program. There's five top awards. So there's entrepreneur of the year and then there's community challenge. No, there's challenge champions for four different categories. So it was like prosperity, health, environment, and community. I obviously applied for the community one because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to improve the communities of students across the UK. Mm -hmm. So they get to the bit where they're announcing the like winners and I see my business name come up on the screen and I was like, her pardon. <laughs> and I remember, I remember seeing it because mum was recording it downstairs. And when they put me on the screen behind from the zoom, I was just like that. Wow. I just had my hands over my mouth. I didn't smile. I didn't anything. I was just in shock. Um, then I found out mum was crying downstairs. Oh, a friend that was watching as well from their house was crying at their house. Cause they text me like I'm crying my eyes out. Cause obviously with this, it's because it's so personal. A lot of my family and friends around me have been quite supportive of it. Um, so, but we'll talk about why they can't be fully supportive due to the finances around it. Um, but so I won the award and it's, it's still, I don't feel like it's real. Right. Okay. Okay. I keep forgetting to say what that I'm, I have the award winning business because I'm allowed to say that apparently. Yes. Um, it's still not something that I'm com I, I type it <laughs> <laughs> because typing is not the same as saying, um, right. okay. But yeah, so it's, it's been an interesting couple years um, of discovery and looking into the different avenues I can go into and looking at the platforms I can use. Um, and on top of that, I'm now a finalist for another award in June. So we'll find out in June what happens with that one. Um, and that one's team of the year. Right. Okay. Because for me, I think at the start of my like journey into this kind of concept, I kind of sat in my imposter syndrome and wallowed and was like, <laughs> I can't do all of this myself. 
So over the time of planning it, I've actually brought in, um, in terms of the business, they're subcontractors. Yeah. But in terms of what they deliver, they're mentors. Um, oh, yes. So I've got like a team of mentors that will add experiences and viewpoints that I don't hold to expand and grow the user base um, when we launch. Because what's better than having a coach in your pocket, having a group of mentors in your pocket as well, that are literally there because they care about the whole concept. Well, especially when they're buying into, you know, it sounds like, you know, they're buying into your vision, aren't they? And what you're about. So they like that. So, you, you know, you come together on that. You've got the same values, the same things that you want to make a difference on. Yeah, a lot of them. So we've got a couple coaches in there. Um, we've got a, a, quite a few mums because the nature of the work is supporting university students and in the future i hope to branch down into like colleges and sixth forms because sometimes that gets a bit um, difficult as well but the aim of it is to provide social emotional and mental um support through coaching mentoring and facilitating workshops now it covers topics like mind body time money spirit and fun mm -hmm. now a lot of people come back to me and say, do you not think university students have enough fun? They, they can, but I think university is very much sold on the idea of you need to have fun by going out and drinking and going on socials. Whereas actually you can have a lot more fun without spending money as well. Um, which for me, the universities themselves cover the academics. They cover the kind of employability skills and, all of that but when you move from primary school secondary school sixth form into university you lose that pastoral care mm -hmm. so you don't have the wider experience and care that you would normally have in schools because you're there to get a degree and then get a job that's kind of the succession of university is you're there for a reason you're paying to be there and it's an academic business. Right, okay. And that's how they measure their success, no doubt. Yeah, so career, like the employment, of, the employment rate of their graduates or the level of qualification their graduates get, that tends to be their marker. What a lot of universities shy away from publishing, and this is, again, it's, it's not a great thing to publish anyway, but it would be quite open and honest if a university published how many suicides they had in a year wow yeah because they won't want to do that because that's owning up to potentially them not providing the care that they need to so my university when i was there so i spent four to five years at my uni because i had to defer one of my years and in that time there was off the top of my head six suicides wow in like a four to five year period so and a lot of people are like well that's only like one a year and i'm like but that's still too many <clears throat> because mm. in my mind universities are there to grow develop nurture these young minds into society's new employees or business owners or thought leaders not kind of let them get to a point 
but they're not going to do that. There's a couple of things that you were talking about there, really, just picking picking up on a couple of things. And what I loved was, you know, when you when you got involved with the um, with the award thing, you know, and you go, oh, you know, I'll go with it. I'll find out what it's about. It's learning. It's and I and I love that sense that that I love. I want to use the word the explore sense, but there's also there's a there's a there's a, there's a sense of naivety in isn't it in there as well because hey let's just go with it where there'd be so many people that want to uh let's get all the papers let's get it all sorted out let's all understand it before we go and then they'd go oh, God, i think i really want to go there i've got too much to think about i think normally i am very meticulous mm-hmm. so i will plan every so what you don't see obviously we can see each other yeah not sure if when this goes out it will, you people will be able to see yeah. but outside of the shot i've got like whiteboards and notes stuck on walls and like i've got everything planned out like i've got the whole pilot program planned out already okay um but i think when i came to doing the awards and kind of going through that progression of that i was I almost wanted to go into it not planning anything because a lot of the time I'd rather just, and I'm, I've reflected on this more recently. I like to take action without worrying about the results. Cause okay. once I worry about the results, then it stresses me out doing the action. So if I was focusing so much on the money and the awards, yeah, I don't think I would have performed as well as I did because I had to, I let my passion for what I'm doing take over the whole thing rather than the idea that I could, I need to win money or I need to win something at the end. I wanted to kind of trust the process that if my idea was good, anything can happen. I love that. It's like, it's that phrase, isn't it? Enjoy the journey. Don't focus on the outcome. Enjoy the journey. And, uh, and you never know where that journey might take you. Yeah, I think one of the big kind of things that showed me that I wasn't comfortable, not not comfortable, but I was a bit umming and ahhing about the outcome was when I had to do a cash flow forecast. Okay. Because I initially thought, oh, we'll just do it like low key, low cost, it's cool. Like each university will pay a certain amount to just have my service. Yeah. And then obviously I got advised otherwise and how to do it like a cost per student and stuff like that because of the time and effort that would go into it. Um, and the numbers scare me still because the university student base across the UK isn't small. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't talk about the numbers that much because to me, as long as I can pay my bills, that's all I need. If there's other money left over, it will go back into growing what's there. Okay. Because as long as I can pay my bills and I can have my like kind of mediocre life whilst delivering this like change and growth in people, I'm quite content. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. And, and, and what, you know, what, from the way you describe like that as well, you know, because there's so many other people work something out and they, they focus on the big number at the end and, 
and for me, it's like the the reason why you're doing some what the reason why you're doing what you're doing and how you're describing it. It's not about the money. It's about making a difference to people's lives. A consequence of that is you will make some money. You'll make an income. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and rejoice in that. And how much that will be will be. But for other people who look at it and go, oh well, if I can't, you know, if I can't sell this course for X amount, a thousand pounds, and I'm not doing it. Mm, probably yeah. yeah probably the wrong and what what about the name then hyperlights what where did that come from so that's interesting because i'm currently writing a talk to do at networking that kind of goes behind the brand okay because a lot of people because i started my like business journey off um in a network marketing company that has the word light in it okay so a lot of people think it comes from that I just liked how funky it was spelled, <laughs> so I spelled it L-I-T-E-S instead of L-I-G-H-T-A-T-S, spell it right. Um, <laughs> but so it comes, the hyper part of the name, so Hyperlights community, obviously the community is quite self-explanatory, it's because I want to create a community, um, but Hyperlights, the hyper aspect is from my ADHD, Okay. because I'm very aware of the fact that I think if I had been diagnosed earlier, I may have gone on to medication earlier and I may have been more academically successful, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't have loads of qualifications and things like that, or at least I don't feel like I do. Um, and I, I think if I was medicated earlier, I could have got higher grades in my GCSEs, A-levels and my degree. Um, so I'm very, aware of the fact that my ADHD somewhat helped me get to where I am now. Yeah, I understand that. Because I started medication during the process of starting the business. Okay. So it kind of helped me just focus on what I'm doing now rather than help me focus on what I thought I wanted back then. So I accept that. Um, and then the lights, it was, it was going to be L I G H T. But mm -hmm. I did try and do it funky because it looked cool for me, like just just for personal like appreciation. Um, but it's meant to signify that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Got yeah, yeah, with you. Um, so for me, it was always like the end result will always be better than you probably predict most of the time. So there's always light at the end of the tunnel, which then leans into the fact that my logo is a circle. Um, and the logo being a circle again signifies a tunnel, but then the colors around it signify the psychology as well. So my brand values spell out guide. Okay. Um, so it's growth, understanding, inspiration, um, development and education. Okay. So those things all fit within the color psychology behind the four colors of my brand. Wow. Which, to be fair, when I came up with it, I just thought it looked cool with the four colours. Then I've obviously looked into the psychology and each of those values fit into at least one of the colours. Love it. Love it. So there's a lot more to it than I think comes across. And I need to probably get that out there more. Yeah. Um, well, here's a start. Moment, here's a yeah, start. It's a start. Because um, a lot of people just think, oh, you just like the colours. Because orange and blue are my favorite colors. 
Um, there's so much orange in my office. And yeah, it's just kind of, it's very, it's a very personal business, very personal brand. But the idea is trying to make it so the brand is so similar to myself that whoever you're working with within the brand emulates kind of my energy, my enthusiasm, my care. And it, it builds that community because it wouldn't be a community without the other people. Otherwise it would just be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so, so what, what have you got happening in the next three or four months then Andrew, you know? Oh, so I'm looking at launching some merchandise to help with crowdfunding um, because I've decided that to make it a more appropriate pilot scheme that I'm trying to crowdfund for it. Um, it does mean that I have to try and raise 75 grand. Okay. Um, so that's ongoing. Um, but so when I launch the merch, um, I won't be getting any of the profits. Um, all of that will go towards the crowdfunding because I've set my business up in a way that has restricted me from some of the funding options, which I was not advised when I set myself up. <laughs> and But changing it now would just be a lot. Um, so yeah, I've got merchandise coming, um, potentially a music event. Okay. Um, I'm just at the moment reaching out to certain people to see what can be done. Um, and then I'm looking at doing a sponsored CPR event. So it's going to be 12 hours of other people doing CPR because my back and my chronic pain won't let me do it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just probably not, <laughs> probably not the most sensible option. Um, so yeah, we're looking into doing that as well with a load of um, first aid trainers across the country. Um, whilst I interview people about mental health and kind of their experiences. So it'll all be virtual. Um, again, with the music event, I'm hoping it to be virtual. Um, and then it's kind of just getting the word out there, getting people aware of the brand, sharing everything I do. Um, yeah, just kind of press on regardless. Press on. So how can people do that? How can people find out more about you, Andrew, and uh, where do they need to go? So they can go to my website, which is just hyperlights.co.uk. Um, everything should be on there. If it's not, that's my error. <laughs> um, specifically, if they want to look at the crowdfunder, I've shortened the link. So it's donate.hyperlights.co.uk. Um, and I think that's mainly my contact info. I'm across all socials. I'm either Andrew underscore HLC or it's the dot hyperlights dot community. So it's very consistent across all socials. Um, and yeah, just connect with me. Well, you know what? It's, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you and sharing your story and the and the work that you're doing. And, and, I, and I find it so refreshing, you know, when just I just love that explorative nature that you've got you know and you know and i get the fact that you've got plans around the things but you've you know you have you've you've got an inquiring mind that's what i love 
it's an inquiry in mind and and going back to where we started you know all those people that turn around and say well, well you know why why can how can you coach somebody at the age of 22 you know there's a, there's a great thing i forget i was reading something i think it's about wayne dyer how tradition gets in the way of many things um and if we could just be, all become a little bit more enlightened the world would be a better place and uh but people yeah. form all these things on tradition don't they so yeah. Andrew, I wish you well. Keep in touch, my friend, yeah. and uh, let us know what you're up to. And yes, uh, emails from time to time, and uh, whatever you're going to be doing for the rest of your day. Probably sorting the merchandise out, I may be, from what we were talking. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, a, have a good one, and I wish you well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello, Russell here. Please come join me every Saturday, 3 till 6pm for Russell's Resilience Radio Show. Fantastic music and resilience tips every Saturday, 3 till 6pm. Time for another inspirational quote. Be happy. Be inspired. It needs to be said and heard. It's okay to be who you are. My mum taught me to live by the three P's, to always be passionate, persistent and prepared. Hayley Steinfield A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at yawaradio.com co.uk and if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast we would love to hear from you simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk once again a big thank you for taking the time out to listen this is the Yawa Radio podcast copyright applies with inspirational guests from around the world inspirational quotes the inspirational book of the week, the meditation hour, the quiet zone, and feel-good music. Yawa Radio is about well-being, happiness, and finding the beauty within. Enjoy. Be beautiful. Be happy. Be inspired. This is Yawa Radio.